Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. 
Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com.
and I look at the, you know, news flashes or I get the notifications of different things that's going on throughout the day. You know, I still say it's a whole lot of chaos going on. Um, Couldn't believe because, I mean, you know, what's going on and people just being, I've never seen this many people fired like this in such, you know, high offices. Um, We're just in a bunch of chaos that's going on. I mean, from one second to the next, if it's not one thing, it's something else. And um, I hadn't really got to read all of the details, and I'm pretty sure, you know, the media is going to be strongly on one side of being biased and that we are not going to find out the whole truth um, because the truth is usually more kept quiet than what they want everybody to believe. So, um with that, you know, with this um, with this guy being fired, I mean, my heart goes out to him and his family and those who even, I mean, everybody is got their hands in something that's going on. And I see that so many people, you know, even not firing, people are trying to retire to get out of this chaos because when everything goes down, they don't want to go down with the ship because it will go down. Um, you, you, you know, we just in a bit of chaos going on. Yeah, you're so right. And I just, you know, I just don't understand the biased way people do things. You know, there's a, if a person has done something that is illegal that they can go to jail for, um, I just don't see or understand how you can justify firing somebody two days before they will receive their full uh, pension. And it just shows how ugly people who have something against you can be. Uh, that there's just something about, just something called decency. And they've been knowing this for a long time, the exact date that this man was going to re- retire. And uh, they just strategically waited uh, two days before he was going to get full retirement to fire him. And these things like that let me know that it's personal. Because if it was something that was very serious, then you would have did it months before now. But it, see, it lets me know that it was very personal that you allowed it to be two days uh, before he would get his full benefit. And I, I just don't like the thought of my government acting in that behavior. Well, I mean, none of us do. But it's gotten to the point where, and, you know, we talked about um, a couple of days ago about integrity. And as we can see, there is no integrity. There is no um, halt. There is no um Nobody is thinking about the next person. Everybody is thinking about themselves, and everything is just a cutthroat thing, you know. And like you said, I mean, if they knew or if they had any intentions on firing, why they didn't do it a long time ago? Why they wait until two days before his retirement? You know, to me, you know, and I thought, too, you know, this is personal, but 
again, I say this is a whole bunch of chaos, and everybody who is trying to get out of it, I hope they can get out of it because, like I said, the ship is going down. And everybody who's still there, heads is going to be rolling and going to be on the chopping board. We're in a bunch of chaos. And, I mean, I couldn't even begin to um, wrap my head around all of this stuff that's going on. And, again, I say it's just some more distractions for us to keep us from doing what we need to do. It is obvious to me that Donald Trump's spirit has gotten into a lot of individuals, and they just see themselves – wanting to continue this this ugliness that exists. And so um, for me to understand how we can continue in this direction, you know, uh, how can the world, you know, continue to be so despicable? Well, you know, it seems like, I mean, it is like that now, but it's not going to last long. When it's going to end, we don't know. But it will come to an end because they can they can't continue to do what they're doing and how they are doing it. I mean, and you know, with him being in office and the things that he has been doing, it's almost like giving everybody a pass to do just what he's doing and thinking that they're going to get away with it. But um. It's just heartless. I mean, there's no heart in nothing that's going on right now, nothing at all. And like I said, you know, some of our good people are going to get caught up in it. So it's best for a lot of people to bail out. And they have been. They have been retiring. But um, it's going to all go down. It will. It will. No doubt about it. And it's so sad that we look at, I uh, understand there's a segment of our society that wants to uh, take us back to a time where that only one segment of our America was getting or having the life that they wanted. You know, and so when they talk about America being great again and they you look at how despicable our president is and how he he downgrades the FBI. He downgrades the um, the news media. Uh, he uses um, uh, Twitter to um, fire people and to to, uh, to say ugly things about others. Uh, it just takes us. You know, we're at a new low right now. I feel like I feel like we're at a place where uh, people are just not. Uh, uh, who are allowing their ugliness uh, to be, you know, to, to be displayed so easily. And we're not the country that we're supposed, we're not the country that we're supposed to be. Uh, we're going, um, you know, directly away from that. We are. We definitely are. I mean, like I said, things has really gotten out of control, and something has got to happen, and something will happen. All this time, we can get back to 
going on now. But it, I mean, it's coming. I mean, you know, we don't picture it right now, but trust me, it's going to change. It's going to change. Okay, I mean, the saddest part about it is it's not supposed to be who we're supposed to be at all. You know, we're not emulating uh, what we have written in our Constitution of what we are supposedly displaying to the world. So, you know, we used to be a beacon uh, to the world in terms of how we wanted to uh, be portrayed and how we wanted to to work toward um, being a country that would allow anyone to come in and to be successful if they were willing to work hard for it. You know, and you're right, because, I mean, people were proud to be to be here. And, I mean, now, you know, people are afraid to be here. People who have come here from other countries to make this their, their homes, I mean, they're really trying to be on the down low because they don't know if they're going to be deported or... And I mean, it's sad. It's 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 simply sad. And these things is beyond our control right now. I mean, this man has started a whole new outlook that that that's taken us somewhere where we've never been before, never. And I mean, and then it's gonna take us a while to get back, you know, to recover from all of this. But um, it will happen. You know, things will die down after a while, and it'll come to a head. And like I said, heads will chop and heads will be rolled. And um, But it's got to come to an end. You know, it has to come to an end, and we have to get to a better place. And it seems to me that people uh, truly understand what it is that they're allowing to overtake their lives. You know, when I look at the white poor and their support of Donald Trump, and I think about this man does not identify with you at all. He has no identifying ability with the poor at all. But yet these people support him as though he's in their corner. And so, you know, when I look at it, I recognize This man has never known hardship related to finances. He he hasn't known, um, you know, question about where he was going to get his next meal from or, you know, whether he was going to be employed the next day. But yet a lot of poor white people identify with him and think he identifies with them. And that's just his so crazy to me. I have difficulty understanding why they're so blind to the fact that this man is about big business and he's about rich getting richer and not uh, helping the poor at all, but somehow think, somehow a lot of them believe he is, he is their savior. I don't know if as many 
believe that he is because, you know, just like um, we talked about many times is the programs that's being pulled. And I just, you know, came back from New Orleans and um, there was this lady that was on the corner, her and her little girl. They were in this shelter and um, this is what they do. And the shelter is closed because the funding was cut. And I mean, you know, although we gave something to them, you know, my heart goes out to them and my sister's going to do a follow-up with them because, you know, she says she's out there four to five times a week on that corner. And it's hard to get that initial goal at things, especially when you were in a program and the program is, you know, no longer funded. So that means everybody has to leave. So, you know, you think that you're living in a shelter and you have a place to sleep and, you know, eat and then go out during the day, look for work or whatever. You have some, just a little bit of stability. But when the funds are no longer there and the government takes away those fundings and you out on the streets, and that's homeless for sure. And then when you have young children as well out there with you, I mean, you know, that's firsthand seeing that these programs uh, are no longer existing, that they're taking away the funds for these, you know, programs that's trying to help, you know, people in a bad situation. Because, you know, it don't take much for any of us to get there. Um, you know, like you say, we are only a paycheck or two away from being homeless ourselves because we depend on the funds that we get coming in to pay the rent, the mortgage, the utilities, all of those other things. So, I mean, it's it's just really, really killing those that are poor and tr- are in transition right now. Yeah, it makes me believe that we're, as Americans, we're willing to do just enough to appease our brains and say that we're doing something, but we're not really interested in spending money to fix the problem. You know, uh, we allow too many major problems to exist in our society where we're not fixing or um, trying to to correct the issues uh, that exist in our nation. I saw yeah. a, um, I saw a, um, sent me a message the other day, and the message uh, was that there are almost 33 people a day, veterans, who kill themselves. No, no, let me see. No, I changed it. It's 22 veterans a day commit suicide. Now, we talk a good game about supporting our veterans and caring for these people that we sent to war, but the reality is is that we're not doing a good job on trying to people back for the sacrifices they have made. You know, there's no reason why our veterans should be out on the street 
um, and be homeless, once we have identified who they are and what they've done, we should make some amends for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they have made a sacrifice greater than many of us are willing to make for us. And then they come home and they're treated like they're nobody. Nobody at all. I mean, that's not to be the worst feeling. Is that I go out here to to fight and protect my country. And I come back home and I'm totally ignored. As though I'm nobody and have did nothing at all. That's got to be the worst feeling. Yeah, and so many so of us, here. you know, have benefited from their sacrifice. And yet our government chooses uh, to ignore the battle that is being waged against them. Uh, you know, I sit and I marvel at the fact that uh, several years ago, uh, they were soldiers who were losing their homes because they were in, uh, had to go serve their country. They served their country once, but because they were uh, in uh, the reserves, they had to leave their jobs and go serve their countries again. And during that time period, uh, there were banks that would literally foreclose on their homes because they were making less money in the military than they were in private uh, industry. And so, you know, they finally figured out a way to stop it, but keeping their eyes on the many different problems, it is only when it becomes um, a massive issue or grows too far out of uh, control that our government or our paid officials willing to step in. You're right. Um, I mean, it's sad. It's sad to even think that we would treat treat them the way that they'll be treated. You know, we ought to be ashamed to not making provisions and providing. And not only that, I mean, a lot of these things are going on when they are away. Um, you know, they're not even at home to take care of those um, things. And it's like the the actions proceed even without them. And, I mean, how can they even function, more or less um, even sleep at night, and especially those that have families that, you know, that they have left behind? Um, we have to do so much better, you know, on so many levels um, in our positions that these leaderships um, have. So that means that we have to, you know, be very, very conscious, knowledgeable about the people that we are putting in office today. We can't put in people because they are popular. We have to put people in that is willing to sacrifice, that's willing to do and willing to accomplish those things that we need done. And that's what we need to, you know, um, who we need in office. 
Yeah, it 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 is so senseless to to have people in office who spend more time concerned about enriching themselves than caring about the general public. You know, and and this is what we're into. We have all these people who, you know, in the state of Florida, we just signed a bill to try to do something about gun control. But yet that has not materialized over the federal level. And all they want to do is point and call names. And we have people literally dying month to month. There's somebody doing something that is in, in, ending the lives of innocent people as we go, we move forward. Right. I mean, we are not setting the example when I say our leadership is not setting the example for what is to come behind them. You know, and if what if this is what we see, what makes us think that we're not inviting more chaos into our um, offices that's being held? So we have to do something now because... We have to have people in office with integrity, those that are going to do the things, uh, work towards accomplishing those things that are that really need to be done. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is all of them are pretty much in their feelings, and they are acting on their feelings. And that's why we have so much um, of the chaos that we have. A whole bunch of feelings. There's no business going on. Well, we're going to take a short break and we're going to come right back and continue our conversation. You know, I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to.
This is James T. Deshaies, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. How you doing this time, uh, doing, D? Are you there, D? Well, sure, let me um, just say I'm going to the real topic that I wanted to talk about this evening uh, was about uh, some history that I had learned yesterday when I was listening uh, to a documentary about a group called Rashid. And um, I wanted, and I'm going to talk about this tomorrow as soon as we get a. Um, how you doing, D? I'm, I'm doing good, James. I'm sorry. I hit, the, I hit the wrong button, but I'm doing great. How are you? Okay, well. Let me just tell you, I'm going to use you and Cheryl tonight as I just briefly talk about a subject we're going to talk about on tomorrow or Monday. And um, you know how people do these documentaries about all these these things. And I want you and Cheryl to go back and, and Google uh, the Rashi and the Antelope, the Antelope City that was taken over by these, these group of individuals. And uh, I'm just going to share a little bit with you guys about what I learned and how uh, despicable our government can be when they're faced with people using the system uh, to win, to win, win and wage war. Uh, this particular man was a religious man of sorts, a guru of sorts, and he came to America from India, and supposedly India was kicking him out because they felt as though he was running a business instead of a church. And again, you know, it's interesting when governments are faced with religious sectors running themselves in a way that confronts government, then government seeks to destroy them. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the people who have fallen in the belief that I, I, I believe and support my government. Um, I believe and support my religion. And this, I have to admit, this was a odd group of people who went to Oregon in the 1980s, and they used to wear red. And I'm sure you've heard about them and this guru who had a lot of uh, Rolls Royces, and he had two planes. Well, initially, he bought 80,000 acres of land in Oregon, and him and his people developed the land to the point where they turned the desert green, and they built themselves a airport. And they built, you know, they built this magnificent uh, living area for them and their people. And supposedly, they were out there living in peace. Now, they had some odd behaviors, uh, as we would think of was odd. But they were out there and they built themselves a utopia where they were not bothering anybody, where they uh, co-mingled their money. And they created a lot of wealth uh, that allowed them to buy things. 
And uh, right now I'm just sharing with you what I learned on this documentary. Then the people in the town became fearful of them, and this organization was built to just to defeat these people and send these people packing. Now, mind you, in America, we're supposed to be able to buy land and create uh, a living arrangement for ourselves that doesn't, as long as it doesn't interfere with anybody else, we're supposed to be okay. People weren't allowed to live normally. So the government got involved, the local government of this small town got involved, and they created this organization called A Thousand Americans or something of that nature. I have to go back and make sure what that na- the name was called. But these people were going to use the Constitution to say that these Rashas were not supposed to be building anything on their land without approval. So what these guys decided to do was to move in town. So where they instead of staying on their 80,000 acres, they they decided to move in town and buy property in town, their own government. And when they got enough of them living in town, they changed and they they became a part of the government process and they changed the town's name from Antelope to Rasha. And so they were able to do that because of their political power. So um, I'm going to go to you, um, D. Isn't it amazing how people try to use political clout or use government to tell these people what they could and could not build on that land that they bought? Soon as they decided, okay, you're going to mess with us like that, we're going to come in town buy property in town, which people sold to them. They didn't steal the property. They made an offer to the people to buy the property, and it was sold to them. And they became a part of the governmental process, and they elected themselves and then elected to change the name of the town. But isn't that the American way? Um, Well, yeah. Dave, first of all, let me ask you, uh, can you hear me okay? Certain parts of my house uh, don't give good reception, so can you hear me all right? Oh, I hear you fine. I hear you fine. Very good. Okay. Yeah, that is the American way until um, you start start opposing your own government, and you don't, and you kind of shun away from the structured, way of doing things. Uh, this country is not going to allow that. Um, that's where the term squatters came in at back in the uh, 1800s. Uh, if you're going to establish your own um, uh, colony, if you will, and you're going to work outside the government, uh, then you're going to cause problems. Um, the Mormons uh, have done that in out in Utah. Uh, and uh, David Koresh, uh, the guy in Waco, Texas, tried that. And when you do that, um, you you set up your own uh, standards of morals, morals. And uh, if they are outside of the conservative 
uh, Christian ideology. If that if they lined up outside of uh, outside of that, then you won't draw attention to yourself, and and then cause a problem. You know, uh, in that that's where uh, uh, bigamy come into play and things of that sort. Uh, but you, you you're talking about a, a bunch of two different issues. One of which are how uh, the government uh, have a tendency to uh, want to control everything, and that's and that's and that's everything outside of uh, outside of the United States. And I'm speaking of the American government. Um, they uh, do um, in, in the terms that Farrakhan, Louis Farrakhan, used to use. Uh, they do try to colonize everything uh, if they can. Um, when it comes down to this man uh, coming from India and coming here to start his own settlement, uh, you know, when he came, he had to bring his billions of dollars with him. And that's billions with a B and not with an M. Uh, that's my concern, and that's that's the, the uh, Constitution concern in today's government dealing with Donald Trump. And his um, and his kinship or friendship with the Russians, because they have billions of dollars to do pretty much anything they want to do. Um, but yes, uh, the government, this United States government, and Donald Trump spoke of it when he blurted out, "We we've done the same thing." Sure, they uh, they colonize everything they can, and uh, what they do is, and like you said. Um, I'm one to want to believe in the American way. Um, Michelle Obama spoke of that when we finally elected a black president. Uh, she said, but for the first time in a long time, she had confidence in, in the American way or the American uh, way of living. Uh, but you know, they, but the trick is what they've done for the play ever and ever and ever, and they've done it in, in, in a real uh, sly kind of way. They use Christianity. To uh, justify their means of colonization, and if uh, if and if we were to Google that, we can find that they've done that in a lot of places. Uh, they took Hawaii in that same way, uh, and uh, they used uh, Christianity to uh, on as a, as a crusade to uh, overthrow the government in Hawaii, and in the same time, they found out that it would be a, an ideal place for. Uh, American base uh, when it comes down to keep an eye on the uh, the ocean in that part of the world. But uh, yes, uh, and so um, and this being the era of exposure, all of that is coming to light now. And so uh, uh, we best be paying attention so we know how to deal with it in the future. Thank you. You know, um, Cheryl, as I talk about this situation uh, and explain it and and Dee brought up some really good points. But I'm saying when people allow you to buy land in a small in a small area where they want, you know, somebody owns land and they have the right to sell the land, and they sold the land to these people uh, for, a, am sure, a sizable amount of money. And it was outside this small town of uh, about 45 people or so. And most of these people were white. And a lot of these people who were in this group were white as well, uh, but they were different. They didn't like the difference that they brought into this town 
and then the people used the government, the same government they created uh, to create this town, were the same governmental rules that these people used. You had to be property owners in this town in order to have a vote. So because they kept jugging at these people about their lifestyle outside of the town and created this organization to try to get rid of them, the people started buying property inside the town. And they made themselves the mayor, and they made themselves the treasurer. And they uh, took over the town, and they bought the restaurant and changed the food in the restaurant. And so they started imposing their will on this small town. Uh, But it was legal. So why are what we see is the American government found a way to come into this this organization and stop them from doing something what was legal. And just like he said, we've colonized other places. We've gotten control of other places. But yet we don't like it when people pool their money and are able to take over, a, again, this was a small town in Oregon. It wasn't a, like they tried to take over Portland or some big place. But it's obvious that America doesn't like it when people pool their resources and, able, and are effectively able to use the American rule uh, to invade uh, cities in our country. Well... You know, everything that you said and the way it was done, I mean, they had to be voted in. Somebody had to sell them the land. And I guess after everything was done, they, you know, they looked like maybe, I don't want to exactly say fools. How did y'all get away with that? Right under our nose. What what we weren't paying attention to as we allowed you to come in and purchase the land. And this is just business. They went about it in a business manner, but then once it was all done, it's like, I dare you. I dare you be smart enough to accumulate land, accumulate um, positions where you are now of the majority and able to run because this was not a familiar topic or anything that I was, you know, familiar with um, at all until you brought it, you know, to us. I had never even heard of this. But that's what it seemed like. Now I'm mad that you got away with doing this and did this in a legal way. So now I have to, we have to find a way to get to undo this. And that's, so that's exactly what, it what happened. Like it, it, yeah, it is exactly what happened. These people amassed a lot of money. I don't know how they amassed it. They had they had helicopters. They had a um they built an airfield on their 80,000 acres. They had two uh airplanes uh that they could use at their will. Uh, this Rajah had uh, all kind of uh, Rolls Royces, and the people would line up on the road when he came down the road. And this happened in the 80s. 
But what what brought you know when I was watching it and just looking like you know initially uh, these people uh, they invited the town people in when they were building their city. Uh, they had to bring all kind of construction equipment in to build new roads, to build new buildings, and they had plenty of money. Just like D said, they came in here with plenty of money, and they created a new city. And uh, not until the locals started messing with them did they start messing with the locals because they had everything they wanted. Uh, but the issue became, uh, D, that as these people crew had lawyers and they trained themselves to figure out how to take control over this town and um, and and use their political will to change the name of the town and to take over the businesses, then all of a sudden the American government wanted to get involved in how they were doing this and, you know, and lose, use laws to say that the Rajah was doing something illegal. And so, you know, it's amazing. It's just like us. What would happen if we wanted to reclaim our city in Oklahoma? And we went out and bought a lot of land near a small city, and we were able to impose our our will over that city. That would be legal. But why would you use your American forces and judicial strength to overthrow us because you didn't want us taking over that small white town. Well, uh, you know, uh, the fact is that, um, you know, they will, here's the key word, allow us to do only so much, even as immigrants. Uh, you know, um, you know the underlying issue, and all of that is a, is a, is a great point, that forced us to look at the underlying issue. And the underlying issue is that um, the belief system or, or the belief is the hardcore belief that they have is this is their country. All right? Uh, even as Donald Trump explains that when you overtake a country, the spoils of the country is supposed to belong to the winner or to the victor. And so uh, when they came over and uh, outgunned the American Indians because of technology was on the, the settler's side, uh, then they believed uh, um, uh, traditionally that they inherit all the spoils of this country. Now, in, in reference to the, uh, the American dream, where one should be is supposed to be able to come over and work hard and earn your keep in this country. Well, that's all fair, uh, well and good within reason. And, you know, uh, we spoke about on your show uh, some time ago how the laws of this country is actually structured to protect them from us or from you. All the laws are structured to protect them. Um, when they uh, obtained knowledge of the country and was able to uh, maneuver um, uh, uh, along the loopholes in the Constitution, then that did give them certain rights uh, and, and actually uh, invalidate 
it validates their rights to operate in this country un, under the law of this country. Um, provided, uh, of course, that uh, uh, there was only uh, one wife per per uh, husband, and there was no harm done to children. Uh, usually, you know, that, uh, with the uh, with the Mormons and some of the other uh, cults, if I can use that word. Um, so I had more than one wife, and then started uh, having the children grow up to be their wives at, at age twelve and things that of that nature. So that's what in uh, those predicament that will cause a problem. But if they play by the rules uh, of the law of the land, uh, then everything is supposed to be uh, fine in what you're doing. But again, the the idea is that uh, if you feel like you're doing too well. Uh, the the nature of this country is to cause you conflict, and uh, and so I think that's a case that uh, what we have been witnessing in, uh, in that particular case. Thank you. Yeah, it is just interesting to me, Cheryl, that you know we are we recognize that there are a lot of different religions in our country, and as long as those religions are not impacting any area in a way that brings any discomfort, we're okay with it. But when a man comes along and he's able to amass a lot of people or a great following and he has money and he starts to infiltrate in the government or in a small town, then he becomes the enemy of the Americans. And though these people were lawful in what they were doing, the justice system saw them as a threat. And so anytime there's a a group of people, and I guess that's the reason why they feel threatened by the browning of America, is they don't feel sure if they're going to be able to maintain their control. Well, you know, you said um, a very key word when you said threat, being threatened by this group of people, because you're right. As long as, put it in another way, as long as you stay in your place and you don't get out the way, meaning make me uncomfortable, make me feel like I'm a fool, then you're okay. But the minute that you show how great you can be, meaning based upon your knowledge, based upon you acquiring things, based on your business um, aspects, then that's not going to sit well with me. So I say that in a way that people would understand how um that's more of being jealous, things that I could not accomplish. You and your people accomplished things that we could not accomplish, that we should have been accomplishing, and that we should have been working toward. So is that when we get mad or jealous of the accomplishments of things that done in a legal way, we're going to try to find some kind of loophole. We're going to try to stir things up. 
where you no longer the things that you have done no longer just okay in the eyes of so many individuals is that now we have to bring you down. And and it's ridiculous that we have to feel this, you know, so just the same way with him and his people did they could have not any other individual with the initiative to have done those things, um, have gotten in office, anything. So, you know, we become more jealous than anything else that we didn't think of it or we didn't do it or we didn't accomplish it. I mean, that's how I see when, you you know, like you said, everything was acquired legally, in office, held positions, all of this legally. So now I got to find some kind of way to get you out. And that's how we think today. That's how many, many people think today. That we don't want to see nobody succeed. We don't want to see people do things in a right way. You know, when you begin to succeed, we're going to do whatever we got to do, legal, illegal, you know, underhanded, whatever it takes to bring you down. Because the mind says, I'm going to bring you down. So, yeah, it's a shame that now... Other rules are changed, or we're going to implement things to make what you have done legally become either illegal or now you're uncomfortable, you and your people. And this don't have to do whether a person is right or wrong personally. This is what they accomplished in life. And, Dee, let me go back to you and uh they sold this eighty thousand. Now it wasn't no. They didn't ask no questions about what you were gonna do with this eighty thousand uh, dollars worth of desert land, land where there was no animals, where there was no uh, farming. There was nothing. It was just desert. And you understand? Give me the eighty, the money for this eighty thousand. I want your money, but then I want to control what you do with. And when those people brought in all those, um, all that heavy equipment and start building roads, start building buildings, and start doing what they wanted related to the life they wanted to live, nobody called the government and said, hey, we've been mistreated. Nobody, you know, they didn't like the wealth that this man brought into this country and the wealth that he displayed with all these Rolls Royces that he had and all he's after he had, and all he wanted to do was be left alone. And when it, when people started messing with him, that was only when he started buying property inside the town. And what was even more amazing, when these people were being threatened with weapons, told if they came in town what people were going to do to them, these people amassed their own amount of weapons, and helicopters. Then all of a sudden, the citizens, the white citizens, talking about, start talking about how they were afraid. So you see, it, it is interesting how our government is willing to sell property, but you can't get too big or too fancy when you buy this property. Or we have to govern how it is you look to us. 
Well, uh, you know, uh, I can appreciate the the lesson learned in this, and uh, and let me start by saying, I, I think it's fundamentally important for me to say this. First of all, this um uh, your your show is not racially is not racially motivated in any kind of way, uh, and I believe that in all my heart. However, uh, the the components of this era and time in which we're living have forced us to start paying attention more readily about the underlying issues that are going on. And this is what I mean when I say that. You know, uh, the people from Islam that come here and, and start business, the Patels and all, and all of those, all, all, all of them, I don't know, probably English, all of them, uh, the Koreans that come here and bring their money and start businesses and all of that and all of that have to come to realize in this year and this time of exposure, it's time to start paying attention that you are just like us. Do not be swayed in trying to think that you have to earn a better opinion of them from them about yourself because you're not going to earn that opinion. The opinion is already set in stone of what, about what they think of you. They will take your money, but don't be all giddy that you're better than other people of color because in their eyes you are not. So that's the lesson to be learned. And the other lesson to be learned to, from for our younger black people is to embrace other people of color going forward. You're going to need them. Start embracing other, other, embracing other people of color because if you do, the outcome of our future will be brighter as opposed to us trying to do it all by ourselves against the, uh, the dominating uh, factor. Now, I'm just going to put it like that, and we all know what that is. So, uh, you know, thank God for the exposure. You know, if we're paying attention, if we are paying attention, we're, we're going to come out on the back end of things a lot brighter than what we were presently for the past 50 years, say, if we're paying attention. This, uh, you know, uh, uh, the way I believe things to be is, um, is about cause and effect. If we show that we are disinterested and, and complacent in a lot of things, then what we do is going to bring about the 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 the, the present time uh, that we're in. But in all of that, if we start paying more attention on the back side of this, all of this, we'll come out a lot better uh, collectively. I hope that makes sense, James. Thank you. Cheryl, one of the things that I thought about was as I watched this documentary, and thought about the way that America, the judicial system used its power to overthrow this, this community and disperse these people. You know, it, it just lets you know that we they are still doing what they did to our cities that we owned and we were prosperous in. They're doing it to the same, you know, the the immigrant people who want to come in and create their their way of life. They want to uh, want them to to integrate and become like us, but they don't want them to bring their culture with them. And uh, it is interesting that 
we still have to fight uh, to to come together, to unify ourselves. And what would be wrong with uh, African Americans finding a eighty thousand and and incorporating their culture, and 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 having the money to uh, build them a, a a city within a nation. And so you see, they won't don't mind you uh, coming and and integrating, but they don't want you to be powerful and separate. No, they don't. And just like you said, what's wrong with it? I mean, you know, I'm not upset with nobody who goes in business. Um, I'm not upset with anybody who get who succeed in life. But let that be the same when when we do it as well. But um, I guess I don't, you know, that's just how we're made up to be not, we're not being fair. We're not, um, everybody has the same opportunity. Everybody don't take it. You know, some people just are lazy. They don't want to accomplish things that those who accomplish and obtain, you know, like this, you said, this property. And when they made a fuss about that, they obtained property other places and everything was done legally. But um, we're just not, um, we're just not helpless one to another. We, we're greedy. We got to have it our way. We have to have that power. So, I mean... You know that situation that you're talking about. Um, it's not our government with them did not set a, a great example. And when I say that is, is that you know here we have people in higher office, and they they struggling among each each other. And it's not setting a great example. You think that things like that would be handled behind closed doors, not um, taken over in the media, where certain things can get resolved without becoming um, a mockery of things. So, you know, not only when things happen, we got to be careful how we react to somebody who have done what they're supposed to do, set up things um, in a way that we could have had the same opportunity, but we didn't take it. You know, when I say we, it could be any individual, any groups. It can be us that got together, but we're not doing that. So, I mean, when I find that they are where they are and they have succeeded in getting there, I am mad with them. That I'm not. I mean, just like they All got right, it. we're going to take a short and break and we're going to come back and give everybody an opportunity to have their final thoughts for this evening. So, what do you want to do? 
one of the things that I thought interesting was this. I, I you know, it's, I have to do a lot more research on these this uh, this this group and what it was that they did that was so offensive. Other than they used their money and their ability to work within the system to take over a town and to flex their muscles. But, D, let me ask you, what would be wrong with a group of millionaires carving out a niche somewhere in the country where they bought land, built a city out of nothing, uh, and imposed their way of thinking on this city using their material wealth? Uh, I thought that's what the uh, country was about was people being able to worship and to live free from outside forces as long as they weren't hurting anybody. Well, I think the key word is uh, as long as you're not hurting anybody. I think that's a a key question. And uh, uh, when it comes down to the the U.S. Constitution and uh, the, uh, the, the fine print, in all of that, uh, the footnotes and all, I think that's where you're going to find the issue. Um, you know, uh, the Las Vegas, Nevada, was built on that same ideology. Uh, but, of course, um, uh, Gangster Land uh, had to hold up his image, and, and so a lot of people were was hurt. But I think in the footnotes of the Constitution is where uh, the Justice Department and whomever is in charge, and I think I think special interest now has to be put in that equation. Uh, if they can continuously, on a regular basis, on a uh, uh, on a passive income basis, uh, continue to make money off you on a regular, then the, the, the deal is not sealed. Uh, so they have to have uh, a way to make uh, incremental income off of your idea. If you got, if they know that you got the money and you're making the money, uh, taxing you is not enough. So I think that's where the problem comes in. At. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, well, since you've uh, said that, what is your final thought for this evening as we begin our show? Uh, first of all, I apologize for taking up so much time. I did come in late. Um, but uh, I think that uh, going forward, it's important for us to uh, set aside our uh, tribals. That's a hard word to use these days. Tribal dif- differences and uh, try to find a way to come together uh, and to paint a better picture for our future going forward. Thank you. All right. Uh, Cheryl, your final thought for this evening? Um, this was a very interesting topic. Um very interesting subject um and it helped me to see something that was happening then how in some form it's still happening today so um this is also something that like you said would want us to read a little bit more on it and see how it is relating to the situations that's going on today or even situations that has happened from that time till now. So very interesting enough 
And it also allowed us to see when a group of people, whoever they are, form together, they are powerful. And, you know, and that's where another group of individuals can fear that. But, um, like I said, a very interesting topic, and I do look forward for us talking a little bit more in depth and getting the opinions of others that will be here the next time. So, good evening to everybody. All right. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow at 8.30. We got it together, didn't we? We've definitely got our thing together, don't we? I mean, really, when you really sit and think about it, it's really, really nice. I can easily feel myself slipping more and more away into that super world of my own. Nobody but you and me. Got it together, baby.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.